0: Hey, podcast people. How's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, and of course on Twitter. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at Polyglot Azrin. that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country. R-E-R-E-N, and you can all obviously search uh, Azarin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is, that is another way you can find me. Again, that is spelled A z or Z r e n, the Language Nerd, and welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I have a variety of different uh, things that I would like to share with you, so let's, uh, let's dive right in today and kind of get right on topic. So the very first thing I'd like to share is just stressing once again, the importance of speaking practice. The reality is, you know, most people fall under the assumption that you need to have someone to speak with in order to get speaking practice. But this is actually not true. Speaking practice is very different than conversation practice. I think we have to differentiate those two skills. Speaking practice is literally just you getting more comfortable speaking. Conversation practice is you being able to speak listen to someone, interpret their reply, and then reply accordingly to what they said. And it's important to differentiate because I, for example, um, I, I meet people who struggle literally with the speaking side, meaning they can understand a lot and they can really interpret it. And if they felt more confident getting words out of their mouth, they would do so and then they would be able to actually converse with people. So their challenge is not conversation practice. Their their challenge is more around speaking practice. And in order to practice speaking, all you need is yourself and your mouth, like literally you and your mouth and your vocal cords. You can talk to yourself every day. A great piece of advice I give people all the time, and it works very, very well, is if you take your phone and you record yourself speaking on your phone every single day or as regularly as you can. Another variation of this is if you just talk to yourself and just talk and say the things that are that are going through your mind to the best of your ability in the target language, as you get more comfortable literally speaking and using those vocal cords, right, you'll start to feel more confident speaking, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of view it like this, certain people are afraid of Let's put it differently. Certain people have social... uh, Wait, let's put it completely differently. Let's put it like people who are afraid of, let's say... um, Let's say they're afraid of singing in public or they're afraid... Actually, let's just say... Sorry, I'm going a little bit in circles here. There's certain people that are afraid of singing, right? They're scared of being judged when they sing. They're deathly afraid of other people hearing them sing and being judged for it, which is why they only sing if they're kind of drunk or they only sing... If they're in a loud bar and you can't really hear, people can't hear you, people feel self-conscious about their singing. And if you wanted to get better at singing, well, you have to be able to sing by yourself first. And you'd be surprised, a lot of people feel kind of nervous singing by themselves. You'd be surprised. If you can sing by yourself, well, the next thing you have to do is you have to be able to sing into a voice recorder and hear yourself sing before, and actually listen to yourself sing before you go listen to before you go put yourself out there and let others listen to you sing. Does that make sense? So if you're scared of having conversations or if you're struggling to have conversations and actually talk with other people, well, start with talking to yourself. Start there. That can be a really good starting point and work your way up to talking with other people. Does that make sense? So talk to yourself first, get used to the actual act of speaking in your target language, get used to it, and then try practicing with other people. That can be a great thing to try. Another thing you might want to do for conversation is hire hire a private tutor and hire someone and actually have them be your conversation partner. That's a big piece as well. That's a very tactical way. Save a little bit of money, save up some money rather, and pay for someone that you can actually talk to and have a conversation buddy. That's a really good thing you can do as well. I think for people who feel nervous when conversing with others, it's important to find someone who you are comfortable with. I think that's so important. I have spoken when I've done conversation practice, certain people, I I feel, I don't feel very connected to them and I feel almost nervous around them. And with those people, it's it's not an ideal environment to practice speaking with them or conversing with them because I don't feel right speaking with them. On the flip side, I've done conversation practice with people that I get along with very well, and I feel very, very comfortable. And I think for people who want that additional speaking practice, especially if you feel kind of nervous, you need to seek out those people who you feel comfortable with and focus more of your time conversing with people that you are comfortable with and and double down your energy on that. Um, And I think that can be a really, really good confidence builder for so many. I've seen it work. I've seen this actually firsthand recently with a lot of my students. Recently, there's there's just been certain students I've seen it where they were very nervous speaking. And now three months later, they are still nervous, but they're way more comfortable. And that comfort has come from the fact that they've had the same teacher and they've spoken to the same person and they built a relationship with the same person over a few months. And they're comfortable speaking with that one person. And prior to that one person, they weren't comfortable speaking with anybody. They never felt comfortable. So this is their very first experience feeling comfortable speaking in Spanish or French or whatever to a single person period. So I think that's a really, really big step to take. I think for people who are further down along the process, right? I've seen people who are comfortable speaking with a few people, but they're not comfortable speaking with people outside of that circle. So I'll give you an example. One of my long-term friend students, I've been teaching her for a number of years now. She's a private student, almost all of her classes have been private. She's done a couple of group things here and there, but generally it's been private with me. And. Uh, She was sharing with me the other day that, Azrin, I've never spoken French with someone except for you. You're the only real person I've spoken spoken in French to on a consistent basis. And one of the biggest confidence boosters for her was when I scheduled her to have a class with another teacher, just a one-off class. And she did that. We had our regular classes after that. And she had a huge confidence boost. Because she's like, wow, I was actually able to get by with the other teacher and it wasn't you. That's so cool that I spoke to someone else and I I was able to get by and do it. And it was a massive confidence booster for her. So I think you have to understand the value of one human being is is incredible. Being able to converse with one person and feel comfortable with one person is, is very meaningful. I think some people try and tackle this problem of, con- of getting better at conversation and speaking. They try to tackle it as a macro problem, as I want to feel confident speaking. Well, I'm gonna flip the script. I think some of you, depending on your situation, have to listen to this and think to yourself, no, 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 how can I get comfortable conversing with one person? Do I know someone? Do I have a teacher? Do I have a friend? Do I, could I make a friend? Could I find one person that I speak with regularly and I become comfortable speaking to that one person. In the beginning, that one person might be yourself, where you're talking to yourself. And can you get comfortable speaking to yourself in the target language? That might be the one person. The one person might be a family member. It might be a friend. It might be a language exchange partner. It might be who knows who it is. But find one person who you can feel you can make yourself, you can over time build some confidence speaking to that one person. And that's going to be a big step forward for some of you. I've never said that before. I think that's a really powerful thing to share, and I think that's going to help a couple of you listening to this episode here. Um, changing gears a little bit, uh, I would like to share something else as well, um, which is the amount of time required to study a language on a week-to-week, on a week-to-week basis. I've shared many thoughts on this topic, you know, over the years, and I'd like to revisit it because we haven't—I haven't shared much. In a while and i think i have some new perspectives so it's a good time to update some of my thoughts so i think um, for how much time you should be practicing on a week-to-week basis generally speaking more is better that's a general good rule of thumb more is better so if you can study five hours that's better than two if you can study one hour that's better than 30 minutes study for 30 minutes it's better than 10 minutes Like, the more that you're able to do, that's generally speaking a better thing. You know, 50 50 hours is better than 20, like generally speaking, right? But we also have to keep in mind that the study has to be engaging. It has to be engaging study. It can't be something that you dread doing or that you hate doing or that is so boring. Because if you don't like it and you're not enjoying it, eventually you're going to quit. You're going to stop doing it. So it has to be something that's manageable and you can actually do over the long term. I'll give you a good example. I have a, a French student who I've taught for a couple of years now. And um, the, the the first time, you know, the first roughly, I would say, year of classes, maybe eight months, nine months of classes, something like that, they were quite choppy. Uh, she didn't progress very much. She didn't really get that much better she was very stressed not stressed but she wasn't always focused in the classes she didn't do her homework um, a lot of her classes were wasted or spent or wasted use whatever term you want on conversing about things that were not about french she wasn't super focused on the language we were not in a good rhythm she didn't always come to class she there was a it was a broken rhythm and the problem was we fi- we fixed it since then literally the problem was something so simple it was the fact that i gave her homework she wanted homework at the time, but it was tough with her work schedule to really prioritize it and get it done when she was so tired in most evenings. And so she wouldn't do her homework. She'd feel bad about it. She'd come into classes not feeling good. She didn't want to be really be there because she felt she, like she felt like she's letting me down and just didn't feel good about it. And we, we went through a whole roughly year of this kind of back and forth. Like it was a, it was not great. It was not ideal. And we've had roughly a, a one year now, maybe a little bit less, a very consistent classes and pretty consistent progress and she's literally done one hour a one hour class per week and that's it she never does homework nothing it's one hour that's i told her hey come to class and that's all you have to do and you will improve so she does one hour of study a week which is the one hour class we have and even the one hour class like we talk about other things in the class sometimes it's we have other conversations so maybe it's not even a full hour maybe it's 45 minutes in a week but she's improved and she's actually progressed versus before she was not progressing so while more is better you know it might not be or <laughs> right, you've got to find that happy medium for you which is going to be different for every single person the the final thing I'll say on this topic it's a tangent but it is relevant is you know viewing things as a, as a longer as a longer term marathon you know, recently she listens to the podcast. So if she's listening to this episode, she's going to recognize who you are. She's going to know, um, somebody booked a language learning advice session with me, which by the way, you can do that. I think a lot of you have taken advantage, but I, I do want to see more people take advantage. It's been useful for like, I think every single person that I've spoken with. So really book it. Uh, If you go to azrenthelanguagenerd.com, that's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. The very first link at the top of the page will say free Let free resources, click there. On that free resource page, you're going to be able to book a time just to talk with me one on one, or sometimes two on one. Sometimes it ends up being like, I talk to two of you at the same time, but you can talk to me and well, I'll help you with whatever language learning challenges you're having. So I regress, I, I, I'm going on a tangent. So I spoke with the girl on um, Saturday and we were discussing some of her challenges. And one of her biggest challenges was increasing vocabulary. She really struggled with it. And we're talking about what the challenges are, and we dug into it. And there's a lot of stuff we talked about. But one of the things that stood out for me was that she always tried to do vocabulary in these sprints. She would try to learn 100 words or X number of words in a two-week period. But then three months later, she would have forgotten those words, and she'd feel bad and beat herself up and which was very interesting for me i think a lot of people view vocabulary in this kind of sense they try to learn they do a 30-day challenge they try and study a bunch of words they do flashcards. they spend a summer this is not the first person i've who said this kind of thing to me by the way it's happened a lot so i've seen it frequently i've seen it and and it's funny because i view vocabulary study completely differently i don't view it like that at all that's never how i've really focused on vocabulary I view it as almost like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight year process of learning vocabulary. Maybe not eight years, but definitely less than eight, but let's call it a one year process to really, maybe it takes a full year before you get words that fully lock into your mind. I don't know if one year is the number, it might be six months, but I'm going to say, let's say one year sounds about right to me. I'll give you a real life example. I think I might've shared this on the podcast, but it's worth revisiting if I have. I was in Taiwan one year ago. I was studying Mandarin intensively, like every single day, five to seven, seven days a week, basically. Um, I was doing classes. I was doing study at home things. I was doing casual practice and conversations. I was doing all sorts of different strategies in that, in that five week period. When I was in Taiwan, I learned roughly 200 different words. I have a whole list of them. I still have the list. And roughly six months ago, I was looking at the list, roughly six, something like that. And I didn't know a lot of those words. I still didn't know a lot of them. I haven't actively studied them. I hadn't actively studied them for six months. But I would, I was actively studying Mandarin for six months. And I would come across a lot of the same words again in my studies, because they're not uncommon words. I would sometimes revisit the list and look at the list, study a little bit. And now here we are roughly one year later. And whenever I look at the list, I know approximately i should actually figure out exactly what it is but it's approximately 80 percent of those words now i feel very comfortable with and it's because over the past year i've been doing occasional review of those words for a whole year so instead of doing 35 review sessions and really cramming it in over two weeks i did 35 over a one year period or 65 over a one year period So I would rather you, I want you to review consistently, but not how, oh, there's got to be a phrase here. I want you to review, um, not intensively. I don't want you to do intensive reviews where you cram information into your brain. I would rather you do, you know, one or two review sessions, maybe, maybe three in a month, one to three review things a month, or you review your vocabulary, but do that for a whole year. and and keep a list of the words you're learning right keep a list and review them one to three times a month and i think after a year you'll be surprised at how many of those words you remember i think if you're and it's, it's worth maybe adding this in i think if you're adding words to your list consistently by the time you get to the one year point the percentage of words you remember are probably going to is probably going to be a little bit low which is okay by the way that's fine when I look at those 200 words on my list, I haven't really added any words in the in the past year. maybe a couple here and there. I think there's 227 words on the list and 210 of them were from Taiwan. So I've added 21 new words to my list in a one year window because other words I would just kind of not write them. I'd write them somewhere else or whatnot. But those 200 words in a year period I got very, very mostly comfortable with. So understand that if you do add words on a daily basis to your list, by the time the one year period comes, a lot of those words you you might not still know because you added them on reasonably recently per se. But I think that's a good way to view it. View vocabulary as these one year stretches of time. And I think that'll help you. Anyway, everyone, uh, let's wrap this podcast up here. I appreciate your attention as per usual. And um, yeah, we'll chat later. Bye for now. See you.